everybody. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. Glad to have you with us today. Uh, I am Pastor Chris, and uh, welcome. Today is Life Group Sunday. I am excited uh, about that. It's a great day to, uh, uh, you know, really the reality is um, if there ever is a drought in Charleston, just call on Coastal to have a special day, and it's going to rain. So, uh, but uh, no, it's like, in fact, well, um, you know, last night I put, posted on face, uh, Facebook, I said, uh, woo, that's, uh, and then in parentheses I put in a loud uh, Ric Flair-like voice, you know, tomorrow's uh, Life Group Sunday, and I'm all excited about it. However, I need to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of upset, I'm kind of offended this morning, and I want to share with you why. Because somebody in our church, a, a, you know, a younger adult, maybe that's the issue, I'm not really sure, posted underneath my post, commented that they didn't know who Ric Flair was, <laughs> Tracy Gundy. And so, um, like, I'm like, serious? You don't know who Ric Flair? She, she said she had to Google it and uh, find a YouTube video of who Ric Flair I'm like, you're raised in the South. I mean, like, come on. Like, anybody here really not know who Ric Flair? Raise your hand, you moron. No, I mean, seriously, okay. <laughs> Okay, now you're probably not from around here, but like, I mean, I grew up with like, uh, you know, Ricky Steamboat and Black Jack Mulligan and Rufus R. Freight Train Jones and uh, the Anderson Brothers and Charleston County Hall and like watching wrestling, wrestling on uh, Saturday morning. So I don't know. I just think, man, y'all are crazy. Anyway, but now Tracy, does everybody go, give me a big woo in a Ric Flair voice. Somebody do it for me. There you there you go. It's Life Group Sunday. So let me cut to the chase and tell you what I want to see happen today. I want everybody in here, you included, okay, you, I'm talking to you. I want you to sign up for a life group today, okay? Here's what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to end early in here, and we're all going to be dismissed. Uh, in fact, we're going to end early, and I want no one, no, don't go get your kids, okay? It's the only time I'm ever going to tell you that. Don't go get your kids, because they're not ending early. They're going to have their regular, you know, program, and so if you get your kids, you will disrupt their, their schedule, their teaching. Do not do that. My wife will have my head. Don't do that, okay? And we're all going to go out to the life group tent, and we're going to check out all the tables and displays of all the different life groups. Uh, right in the center of the tent, you'll find um, uh, some drinks and paper products. You can walk around and uh, get snacks and uh, meet the leaders, learn all about the groups. Inside your bulletin, there's a ballot. You get to vote on you know, the most creative, best overall, best snack. And uh, there's a little ballot box there in the center. And we're going to have a lot of fun. And then at the normal time when we would normally be dismissed, someone will make an announcement. Hey, it's time for you to go get your kids. And then we really do want you to go get your kids at that point, okay? Don't not get your kids. So, um, but I want everybody to join a group today. And uh, it's as simple as that. I'm going to challenge you uh, in a really short period of time right now uh, to get in a life group for one semester. Not for life. Now, I know we call them life groups, but you're not signed up for life. A semester really lasts for about 8 to 10 to 12 weeks, somewhere in there from the, from the middle of September. Uh, we actually kick off uh, the a week of life groups. They begin uh, the week of September the 20th. Which, by the way, here on, on Sunday, that Sunday, September the 20th, is a big day here at Coastal. We're kicking off a brand new series uh, for the fall called Game On. 
And uh, we're going to have a tailgating competition all day. Wear your favorite sports team jersey. Invite and bring a friend. We're going to have a, have a blast. But that's the week that groups begin. And then typically they'll go, depending on the group or the, you know, how long the group lasts, no later than uh, the beginning of December. Now, let me tell you something. I absolutely love what we do here on Sunday mornings. I mean, I do. I love our band. I love our music. I love watching people come to faith. I mean, this is an exciting place to be. I don't understand, quite frankly, how anybody would ever want to miss this. I mean, I love attracting a crowd. I love sharing the gospel with as many people as possible. You know, Jesus did that. Nothing wrong with attracting a crowd. Nothing wrong with vast numbers of people. The early church, by the way, grew very large, very fast. However, there is a weakness in a crowd. You can't grow in a crowd. You don't grow in your faith. You don't live out your faith. You don't walk out your faith in a crowd. You need community. You need relationships. And God created you and I for that. Now, at Coastal, what is the vehicle that we use to live out those relationships, to walk out that community? What do we call them here at Coastal? What are they called? Okay, life groups. That's pretty easy. It's life group Sunday. Um, Now, I love our life groups. Oh, my goodness. I love, 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 love the community that personally I have experienced over the years in in our small groups, our life groups. I love that I personally have three o'clock in the morning friends because I've been in a life group. Not just because, you know, I'm Pastor Chris, but because I've done life with people. What's a three o'clock in the morning friend, by the way? It's somebody that you got in a jam at three o'clock in the morning, you can give them a call. They, They help you get out of that jam. You get thrown in jail, you got a call to make, that's a 3 o'clock in the morning friend. Some of you need that. Okay. Um, I love, 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 love that I know many of your stories. And you know mine. Because we've been in a life group together. I love that the first call that a lot of people make here at Coastal when uh, they're in need when they need help, when they're sick, even when they're in the hospital. It's not me. It's not our staff. It's not the the office. But they call the people that have been in life group with them. By the way, if uh, if I show up when you're in the hospital, it's bad. Okay, I'll just go ahead and tell you. It's bad. You're at death's door at that point. Okay, no, (laughs) I'm just playing. Um, But notice what the Bible says here in Romans 12, 5. Listen to this. Since we are all... One body in Christ, listen to this, we belong to each other, and then he says, and each of us, you, me, each of us, needs all the others. So, turn to the person next to you and say, I need you. However you want to say that, go ahead and say that right now. I need you. Now, for those of you who are single, you're welcome. Trying to... Trying to help you out a little bit. You need all the help you can get. Um, bottom line, let me bottom line it for you. You cannot grow to be the person that God intended you to be on your own. I mean, once we, once we talk about something here, once we maybe learn something cognitively, you have got to have a place to live that out. You've got to have a place where you can, where, where those things get fleshed out in the context of relationships. You know, we might talk about patience here, or kindness, or generosity, or faith. 
Well, all of those things get lived out in the context of relationships, of community. And at Coastal, life groups are the primary vehicle of the church being the church here. They are the primary vehicle of us living out our faith. They're the primary vehicle here at Coastal of care, of fellowship, of love, of serving, of prayer, of discipleship. You know, life groups are not just another program around here. You know, another program of many, many programs. No, 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 no. It's the way we do ministry here. I mean, we, we truly believe that we have to grow larger and smaller all at the same time, larger in, in numbers, larger in, in uh, influence and impact on Sunday morning. But we better be growing smaller at the same time, smaller in our capacity to care for people, to disciple people, to shepherd people through our life groups. So really quickly today, I'm not going to share anything brand new, but I want to encourage you as to why you should sign up for a life group today. And I want to give you five reasons. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. Number one, I ought to join a life group today because I need other people to walk with me. To walk with me. In other words, you need people in your life to help you grow spiritually. Colossians 2.6 says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so what? What's the word? Walk in him. The Bible many times refers to our spiritual life as our walk. Why? Well, because life is a journey. You're always growing. There's always a next step. And all through the Bible, we are instructed on how to walk this walk. However, listen, this is important. Guess what? You were never meant to walk that walk alone. Now, you might push back a little bit and you say, yeah, but Pastor Chris, I like to walk alone. I get to go where I want to go. Nobody's bugging me, you know. I prefer to walk alone. I get my own way when I walk alone. Well, that's my point. That's part of the problem. You're not learning cooperation. You're not learning relationships. You're not learning love. You see, you and I were created to love God and to love people. Love God and love people. Why? Because God's love. And he wants us to be like him. And so he says, hey, you need to practice learning love. So I'm going to give you two, two groups to do that in. I'm going to give you a physical family, you know, parents, siblings, and I'm going to give you a spiritual family, the church, the body of Christ. Hebrews 12, 25, in fact, says, let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. You need that. I need that. And that happens by meeting together regularly. Don't give up on that, he says. He's talking about community, relationships. You see, it's possible that you can go to church, that you can attend a worship service and never really experience true community. Because true community is what develops over time when you do life with a group of people. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? You could be lonely in a crowd is what I'm saying. You know, you, you, it's this community is where you get to know people and they get to know you. You see, in a crowd, 
Again, you could come to church every week for years and still not really know anybody. Number two, I need others to work with me, to work with me. Did you know that the Bible says that you were put on this earth to do certain things? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So before you, you and I were even born, God knew, decided what gifts and talents you would have, the abilities you would have, the country you would be born in, uh, the background you would have. And he did all that, and he said the reason was because he had certain things that he wanted you to accomplish with your life, your good works. Well, that's called your ministry. Anytime you use the resources that God has given you, and you leverage them for kingdom purposes. Anytime you use the talents and the abilities and the stuff that God has given you to help other people, that's called your ministry. It's helping people. But God never intended you to do that by yourself. He meant for you to do that in the context of relationships, of people. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. That's true. You get more done by working with other people. Nobody's good at everything. You know, you need, we need each other. And the, the key is to find people in your life that are maybe strong at the things that you're, you might be weak at. We're a team. We're a body. And together, we can make a difference. You know, that might be one of the reasons why some of you are so exhausted. Because you've not learned to work with other people. Number three, I need people in my life, and I ought to join a life group because I need others to watch out for me. To watch out for me. I need people who will defend me, who will protect me, who will stand up for me, who will help me stay on track. You know, who will warn me, who will speak out, who will speak into my life, speak truth into my life. I need that. You need that. Philippians 2.4 says, each of you should look not only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Man, that's a, that's a countercultural statement in America. Because everybody basically says today, no, 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 it's all about me, my needs, my interests, my hurts. Forget you, it's all about me. And yet the Bible says over and over and over again, look out for one another. Take care of one another. Watch out for one another. Raise your hand this morning if you have pets. Raise your hand, pets. Anybody here multiple pets? Multiple pets. Okay, now, especially if you have multiple pets. But it's true even, maybe possibly if you even have one pet. But what do you do typically when you go out of town and you can't take Fido with you? Now, some of you, you know, maybe, maybe put that, uh, pet up, you know, like you board your animal and you have a place that you go. Now, for a lot of you who don't do that, when you go out of town, what do you typically have to find? A pet sitter, a dog sitter. So you call up your friends or some lonely single losers and, I mean, some responsible adults, and you try to sucker them into, and first you say, house sitting 
or pet sitting, and you act like it's a big deal because you've got cable. Like nobody else today has got cable. They can come over and watch your cable or something. I don't know. But you try to find, basically, you're trying to find someone to clean up their dog poo, aren't you? Really? You know, keep them from throwing up all over the house, all that kind of stuff. But but you have to do that, right? I mean, all the time when you're going out of town, if you can't take them with you, you got to find people to watch your pets, watch your house, watch your stuff, because they have value there. That's important to you. Now, let me ask you a very important question. Who do you have looking out for your soul? Who do you have in your life that can speak truth into your life when you need to hear it? Who's looking out for your soul? Because I'm assuming we all are in agreement here that your soul is a little more important than your stuff, right? So is there anybody helping you out in your spiritual life to make sure you're still growing, to make sure that you don't get discouraged or depressed or feel like giving up? Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. That's why you ought to be in a life group. Now, I'm not saying that every semester, every group, you're going to find 10, 12, 15 of those people. That's, that's not going to happen. But what I am saying is that over time, we're going to put you in an environment where you're going to find people who will be those 3 o'clock in the morning friends for you that you'll end up doing life with over the long haul. Now, here's another question. Whose back are you watching out for? Because don't sit here this morning and go, well, nobody's looking out for me spiritually. Who are you looking out for spiritually? Again, that's why you've got to do life with people. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, if one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are alone, when they fall, they're in real trouble. That's the value of community. That's the value of being in a group. Number four, I need to be in a group because I need people in my life to wait and weep with me. To wait and weep with me. Here's what I'm talking about here. You need people in your life who are going to be there for you in the inevitable crises of life. You know, as a pastor over the last 25 years uh, here at Coastal, I feel this one really deeply because I see it all the time, all the time. And it breaks my heart that there are so many situations in life where nobody, I mean, nobody was ever meant to go through alone. You know, no woman ought to wait, you know, by herself on a trouble, you know, a, a troubling pregnancy test. You know, no, no spouse ought to wait alone while their loved one is in surgery. Nobody, you know, ought to wait alone when their husband or wife has walked out on them. Nobody should have to spend that first night alone. Nobody should stand at a graveside all by themselves. Now, the fact is, though, the fact, everybody in this room, at some point or another, 
will go through some of those. Some of those situations. Everybody here, we're all going to lose a loved one. And so, a very unwise person would go through life unprepared for what you know is going to happen. You see, you needed to be developing that ongoing and ongrowing, by the way, network of people in your life. Because you don't know when that crisis is going to hit. You need that support group. You need that three or four now. And again, listen, you don't need 50. You don't need 100. But it sure would be great to have four or five people in your life who are going to be there for you when those crises hit. And the time to prepare for that is now. And you know what God says? God says, listen, I, I created a safety net for you. It's called the body of Christ. It's called the church. Here's God's plan. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. L listen to this. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. That's God's plan. That happens in the context, though, of relationships, of community. Here's another reason why you ought to be in a group. We all need people in our life to witness with. You need people in your life to witness with you. Well, God has a plan for your life, and part of that plan is that he has a mission for you. He wants you to be salt and light. If you're a believer, he wants you to share the good news of the gospel with the world around you. But guess what? Again, you were never meant to do that all alone. We get to do that together, serving together, loving together, praying together, praying for each other. You know, the Bible talks about how one person maybe plants the seed, maybe another one waters, maybe another one does a little bit of weeding. But together, this is so cool, each one of us together are a link in the chain of somebody coming to know Jesus. Now, this is really neat. Did you know that one of the primary ways that we as a church, as a body of Christ, get to witness to the watching world of the love of Jesus is something very, very interesting, something that you might not have suspected, but I'll tell you what it is. One of the primary ways that we as the church get to witness to the watching world is by our love for each other. In fact, it's what Jesus said. Jesus said this in John 13.35. The, the reference on your outline is incorrect, but it's 13.35. Jesus said, your love for who? What does he say? For one another will do what? It'll prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, again, notice what he said. Your love, Jesus said, not for me. Not for God. He said, your love for each other, your love for the other people in the family of God is proof that you're in the family of God. You know, one of the ways that you and I know that you've stepped across the line of faith and you're in God's family is do you love the other people in it? Listen, that doesn't happen by sitting on the sidelines coming and sitting in the crowd and never getting to know other people. You see, one of the things that proves to the world that we're followers of Jesus, listen, it's not our buildings. It's not our music. 
It's not our sermons. It's our love for each other. So look back at your outline. We need each other. We need other believers to walk with us, to work with us, to watch out for us. We need other believers to wait for us and weep with us. And we need each other to witness with us. And over time, listen to me, I guarantee you, I promise you that over time, you will find that community in a life group here at Coastal. I hope you'll sign up for one today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. I thank you personally, God, for the community that I have experienced, the growth, the love, the serving, the sharing, the life that I have experienced because I've done life with a group of people in a small group. Lord, today I just pray that there are people here who will step out of their comfort zone, maybe just a little bit, take a small step of faith, and sign up for a group. Anyone can do anything for a semester. And I pray, God, that they would just begin the process of opening up their heart to do life with other people. We need it. I need it. We love you, Father. We pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen.